Hi friend, do you ever need to create marketing materials easily? Whether you need to make flyers or artwork for your blog, your podcast, or any number of different things, check out Canva. Go to findyourflow.com forward slash Canva. That's C-A-N-V-A. I've been using the free version of Canva for many, many years, and I recently upgraded to the pro version, and it's awesome. So go to findyourflow.com forward slash Canva to learn more. And now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to the Find Your Flow radio show podcast. I am your host, Winston Wittis, and I'm here today with a very special episode. Today's episode is about flow. Whoa, what? Really? An episode about flow? You don't say. I do say. And what kind of flow today? Well, it is going to be kind of around a uh, bigger meta picture of flow in a sense, more on the social flow aspect. And by social flow, I want to first of all just kind of break down what do I, what is social flow? How can we experience more of it? And, um, and then as, as a way of getting into more more flow and coincidences ourselves. So let me just uh, go right into it with the different elements of social flow and, and what I call social flow, how this whole thing came about. Social flow, as I see it, is um, coincidences, serendipities, chance meetings or encounters. Uh, maybe you think of somebody who... You haven't seen them forever, and all of a sudden they call you out of the blue, right? Maybe you um, are at a park, a public park, and uh, you run into somebody you haven't seen, or maybe you see them all the time, and but out of this huge place that you're at, it's highly unlikely, statistically speaking, that you would run into somebody you know, and yet here you are running into somebody you know. So, for instance, uh, recently, a couple months back, Elena and I and the kids were at Balboa Park, which is a large park here in San Diego, very large park. And there are many different little areas within the park that you could totally get lost in and spend lots of time because there's just so many cool things and so many people. And it's just huge. We were actually in a part of Old Town, which is not even part of Balboa Park now that I think about it. Um but still, even Old Town is big. It's like an offshoot of Balboa Park. And um, so, I mean, somebody could be at Balboa Park. But uh, we were happened to be in Old Town. And sure enough, we're in this little kind of offshoot area, walking by some live music, checking that out. And we run into some friends. Somebody, actually a longtime friend of mine from high school and her husband. And I actually got the fabulous opportunity to be their DJ for their wedding and help them with their wedding. So that was really special and awesome. And then there they were and they had the baby and um, it just, it was super cool to run into P and they don't even live in San Diego anymore. They actually live in Texas. So what a coincidence. They were in town for like one day or two days maybe. And uh, her parents were there and they happened to just have a little break from uh, from that and walking around and we run into each other in this huge part of the city. What are the odds? What are the chances of that happening? 
I don't know. Statistically speaking, I would have to guess pretty darn low, pretty unlikely. However, it did happen. And these kind of things happen all over the place, right? You may say it's a small world, right? It's a small world after all. And uh, you'd be right because, well, I don't know that I could prove that. Couldn't prove that. But that's kind of the idea, that it's a small world after all. When we put our mind to things, our minds start to find patterns around these things. And when we're focused on things where our attention goes, our energy flows. And when we are focused on flow, then there is more of a tendency to attract flow into our lives. And if we're looking for coincidences, then we're going to probably experience more coincidences, right? And so this idea of focusing on what we want uh, attracts more of that into our experience. And the more of it that we attract into our experience, the more of it we'll notice if we're paying attention. If we notice more of it, then we're going to be putting more of that back out into the universe. It's going to come back into us and it becomes this cycle of coincidences, of flow, serendipity, of synchronicity, and getting more and more into that deeper and deeper to find how deep the rabbit hole goes. And it goes deep, friends. It goes deep, let me tell you. So um, that is kind of one of the, the big picture concepts for today is this idea of flow and being able to tap into it and being able to, at some level, perhaps even influence it. So how might that happen? Well, let's take some, some ideas. Let's say that you want to get a job at this place or in this field. And so-and-so, you know, is a big influencer in that field. And you see them and you're like, man, it would be, or maybe they're the hiring boss or hiring manager. They have influence over the person that hires or, uh, you know, some kind of contact that you would like to make, right? A person, a relationship. And there are a lot of different ways you could go about making that connection potentially, right? Especially with social media. Maybe you can reach out to them through social media. Hey, I, uh, you know, saw your profile. I wanted to connect. Let's grab coffee. Okay, that's pretty direct, right? And that's maybe a really good option depending on your circumstances. Maybe for whatever reason they're outside of that. Maybe there are too many steps um, you know, outside of your sphere of influence or out of your range and you that doesn't seem like a very good option. So maybe you um, know somebody who knows somebody and, and you reach out to them and they can make that connection for you, right? Maybe you're just a degree or two of separation away and through your network, you're able to get an introduction. Okay, there, there's another scenario. Let's say you don't know anybody that knows this person whatsoever. Okay, maybe you're trying to find a way in and uh, you happen to notice one day, oh my gosh, this person's coming to town and what a coincidence. I was just thinking about them. I've been listening to their books and tapes and all that and uh, they're coming into your town. What a coincidence. Well, you maybe buy a ticket to their show. You go check them out and then there's a book signing afterward and for the low price of $100 or whatever the book is, you get to go stand in line for four hours and meet the person. Well, that is perhaps a really good opportunity, right? Um, what One thing that I think I uh, just 
kind of stumbled upon that's important to point out at this is one, we don't always know how these things are going to work out, right? And that's part of the excitement of life, not the not knowing. If it was all already figured out, what would be the point? There's no free will. It's all fate. And not to totally shoot down fate as a theory or as a belief system or anything like that, just saying um, if it's all fate and there's no possibility for free will, then why are we here? I mean, why are you even listening to this podcast? Because I told you to? Because fate required it? Did fate require me to do this? No, but I do feel drawn to it. I feel a calling to do it. But there was a whole year and a half where I basically didn't do it. And so what happened during that time? Was it was I out of line with fate? Or was it that I had to step away to come back? You know, fate is kind of one of those things, I think, where you know it's it's like a lot of things it works when you look at it that way or if that's your it depends on the perspective that you're looking at it from it's like you couldn't it couldn't have been any other way or maybe it could have been other ways but you say well it's because of faith that it was this way it's like okay fine that's your belief system then that is your belief system but guess what you're using free will to choose to believe that because i could just as easily choose the opposite view and say well it had nothing to do with fate because of this this and that and so we each get to choose what it means for us. And that is the power of our choice. And that power of choice and choosing what we choose to focus on is, some would say, and I kind of tend to agree, that that is the only real choice that we have. The power to choose what we think and how we think about those things. To even, to even choose to not think about something. To choose to just be. To turn off that voice, the chattering monkey inside that is just making conversation to make conversation, to want to be its own existence, that the ego self that is afraid of the quiet, the silence, because then it ceases to be, right? It's the death of the ego. It is fighting for its life. And if we are attached to that or we believe we are that, then it could be a very terrifying experience. It could feel like perhaps like death or like, uh, you know, the challenge to that, um, to our, our sense of self, right? And if we're in a position where we feel like we're maybe not sure who we are or our our identity is being stripped or taken away from us, for some of us, that could be a very terrifying experience. And then for others, at some point, um, either right away or maybe after a time, it may become an amazing experience. It may be the part, the opportunity for us to recognize our uh, truer sense of ourselves and who we really are and what we really are outside beyond the titles that we carry. I'm a mister. I'm a missus. I'm a neither. I choose not to identify that way. I choose to, you know, be in this line of work. I am a doctor. I am a DJ. I am a this or that. And if you were to lose that position or that rank or that title, what would happen to your self-esteem? Would you then feel differently about yourself? It's like, oh, I used to be a multimillionaire. Now I'm flat broke. Well, shoot. Now I'm, now I'm worthless by this line of reasoning. And that can really be harmful to us, right? And I'll be honest with you guys. You know, I'm one of these people in um that for me, productivity is important, you know, and I, there's some level of connection that my ego self has with my level of productivity and growth. And, 
there are pros and cons to that, right? The pros are I get a heck of a lot done, you know, and people ask me often, I think, or reasonably often, you know, how do I get these things done and, how you know, and the reality is it's because it's a, a very high priority for me to be as productive as possible. That's always on the top of my mind. How can I get more done in less time with less energy? And I'm always looking for these kind of hacks. And I'm look, always looking for ways to do it in a flowing, more smooth and efficient manner. And that's why Finder Flow is, you know, the brand I stand behind and invest in heavily with my whole being, with my financial being, with my mind, body, spirit, social cash flows. I'm all in, right? I'm all in because this is, this is what it means for me. But what if I didn't have that? Or do I identify like, oh, I'm the Find Your Flow guy. That's what my Instagram says. Do I go around like saying that? Not exactly, but I do wear Find Your Flow clothes. Why? Because it reminds me of what I'm building and what I stand for. And what if I didn't have those things? So I lost uh, for about a year and a half. I didn't lose it, but my um, my real estate license. I've been a licensed real estate agent in California since 2005. And uh, then about a year and a half ago, I, you know, you have to do continuing education every four years. And it costs time, costs money, and it's just, you know, it's cool. But if you're not active in the business, it's just kind of added expenses. And so I wasn't super active this last year and a half. I've been focused more on Finder Flow and on uh, consulting, right, which I've been doing full time. So these things have kind of taken me out of the agent game. And so I didn't want to have all these extra costs associated with just keeping this license. And I also recognize the opportunity for personal growth because this is a shift potentially in my identity of self. How do I identify myself? Oh, I'm a licensed real estate agent. Been one since 2005. I'm, you know, I'm top producing sales agent. Okay, great. Well, these are all stories I have in my head and they're true. You know, I have done these things. But now that I'm, you know, my license was um, put on hold or whatever, it's not active while until I pay the fees, then while I can't, you know, somebody brings an opportunity, I can't act as an agent for them, right? Because I'm not, I am no longer an active agent. And when I'm referring to myself or my professional skill set or my accomplishments or my resume, I can't say, oh, I'm licensed, uh, you know, I'm a licensed agent here in California, I can help you with this, uh, because I'm not. So all of a sudden, the way I would potentially interact with people and the way I would potentially refer to myself and the way I may even look in the mirror and see myself could change as a result of this this certification or this license, right? So I wanted to experience that. For one, just to save money because it's just it was the frugal thing to do as I could see it. And two, because this test, you know, I like to test things I've mentioned before. I want to know what is, where does my ego, how does my ego handle this? And how can I recognize that pattern in other areas of life? And how would I be able to then shut down the ego quicker by being able to recognize this pattern, right? And so I haven't had my license. Uh, I am I am now ready to be reinstated. I just need to pay the, the money for it, but I'm holding off strategically for another month for that. And um, it has been interesting, right? Because I work in a company that is a real estate investment company. And most of the folks there want to be real estate investors, not necessarily real estate agents. There is a difference, right? And yet um, 
this agent status and my experience as an agent and the transactions I've completed as an agent are not less relevant, I don't think, but they are maybe, it kind of almost somehow might potentially seem to put some distance between me and them because, oh, I'm not an agent at this moment. Well, now all of a sudden I have to explain that, or at least I feel, my ego feels I have to explain that because like, well, why not? Oh, because I didn't take tests because we had our second child and, you know, all these expenses. I know I wasn't going to be doing any agent work, so I just let it slide for a while. And, okay, well, why? who cares? Most people probably don't. But in my mind, I care. That's important. You got to know, like, hey, normally I'm better than this, but right now I'm not as good because of this reason. I'm going to blame my, my kid, <laughs> right? And um, so that ego wants to save face, right, for lack of a better term, it wants to still look like everything is good and right and perfect. And obviously that's not a reality, but that is a perception that my ego wants to keep. And so how can I break that down? Well, I've been testing breaking that down with just not giving into it. I didn't, I could have put that money on a you know business credit card and paid it off already, but I didn't want to. I want to kind of sit in this experience of, okay, who am I without that? Who, how do I self-identify now that I'm not that? Oh, well, now I'm the guy that used to have his real estate license. And now I'm the guy that has a, a you know, on-hold account real estate license. Well, all right. I'm not promoting that nearly as heavily because it's not nearly as cool or impressive sounding. So, uh, so I don't really talk about that as much. So what's the point of this flow and the ego and the bigger picture of flow? Well, the way that we identify with ourselves, to ourselves and to others, can influence the way that we relate to others. And the way that we relate to others can impact the amount of flow that we experience. And when we are seeing ourselves as people who regularly experience coincidences or who, who I'm lucky, I'm lucky. I'm the luckiest person in the world. Mark Cuban has said that. I've heard him say it at least once and probably multiple times. Mark Cuban from, uh, you may recognize him from Shark Tank, right? Also, he's a billionaire. So you may have heard of him that way as well, right? And if you've ever read any of his books or any anything that's been published about him, the dude hustles. He grinds and he hustles harder than anybody, right? Because that's how he got where he is. And, and a lot of people want to think that he just fell into it or this or that. But the reality is if you listen to anything he says or does, the dude just outworks everybody, okay? It's, there's no magic there. And, um, and he, he, I think he does a really good job of being very clear about that for the most part, you know, telling people and, like, pointing it out, how, how hard he's worked and sacrificed and, um, you know, relationship that was just like, she tried to, one example he's given is this girl he was dating while he was building his business was like, hey, it's either me or the business. And he's like, who are you? Just like later, like, you don't even register on my list of important things because it's all, he was all about the business at that stage, right? And um, the reason I bring that up is because he's even said, like, I'm, hey, I'm the luckiest guy in the world. And so for somebody in his position to say that, you could look at that and say, oh, well, yeah, he is lucky. He's, I, I don't know if he's white, but white-ish, I would say. He's a male, white, and uh, rich. So those are like the kind of the easiest things to be able to say, well, he's rich because of these things, 
right? And I've talked about that in uh, another podcast where, and obviously, again, I'm, you know, in a similar position. I'm a male, I'm white, I'm rich-ish, um, well on my way to being more. And uh, so it's easy, you know, I, I don't, I can't speak for other people who have other challenges in life, other ethnicities, other backgrounds. Right, I'm not trying to make any of those kind of commentary, you know, comments. I, I'm ignorant as f when it comes to that stuff. I don't pretend to know anything about anything. Okay. What I can, what I'm commenting on is here's somebody who, by all accounts, has made it successful, and he's saying, "Hey, I'm lucky as anybody." Now, is he lucky? Does he believe that, or is he just saying that to defer and? Uh, downplay maybe how much work you put into it or do you really believe it? I tend to believe he really believes it and I believe it's a self-fulfilling prophecy because if he believes he's the luckiest person in the world, he works his butt off and here he is, you know, billionaire and crushing it, you know, something's working for him, right? And probably multiple things. It's probably a combination of him working his butt off for years and years and years and years and being able to be in a place to take... Uh, take advantage of opportunities and that's lucky right like oh he's so lucky he had this lucky break well yeah but if he hadn't been working at that thing would he have recognized that opportunity or would it even have shown up on his radar right and that's the same thing for each of us if we're not tuned into it then it we're going to miss it anyway it doesn't even matter if we are tuned into it and we're kind of making our own luck we're putting luck in our favor by taking massive action, strategic action, maybe even leveraged action over time, then we're building up our luck. And so with students, I talk about this a lot because I have, you know, I consult to real estate investors, people that are trying to build their real estate investing businesses. And specifically, um, I'm helping them learn about building their presence online and using online marketing to build their business. And we get into conversations where, um, you know, I'll have shared with them some strategy. We'll have talked about how to implement it. And then, uh, you know, we set some goals and action items. And then a month later rolls around, we get back on the phone and we go in for an update. Okay, you know, what's going on? Tell me, tell me about your business. Uh, Winston, we tried what you said and it just didn't work. Really? Well, tell me more about that. Yeah, you know, we did just like what you said. And, um, you know, we, we had some, some people tell us to stop bothering them and, uh, you know, then we didn't get any other calls or, you know, maybe we got these calls, but they weren't the ones we were looking for. And so this, this just doesn't work. It's not in our area, not in our market. Our market's different. Our market's too competitive. You don't, you know, maybe it works out where you are in Southern California. Yeah. Cause Southern California is not a competitive market, right? Friends. Um, but yeah, you know, our market, we're very competitive here and it just doesn't work where we are. Hey, great. Okay, so tell me tell me about some numbers. How many people did you talk to? Well, you know, or how many ads did you put out? Or how many, you know, phone calls did you make? Oh, uh, you know, we made a couple. Oh, a couple. Okay. So you made a couple calls and they didn't turn into business. And so you you know that making phone calls doesn't work. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay. Well, that's ridiculous, right? Um there, and then I have other students that, you know, will go over the same exact kind of thing. And they'll say, okay, it sounds great. They'll get on it. Then we'll have that next call. 
and they'll say, Winston, man, this works so great. I'm so glad we had that call. We, we implemented what we talked about. We have uh, a couple deals underway, and, um, you know, here's what's going on, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, great, okay, you know, how many contacts did you make? How many mailers did you do? How many, you know, ads ran, blah, 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 how many? And we start breaking down the numbers. And, and there's no reason, no question why one student had success and the other didn't. And it almost never has anything to do with what I would call luck. Although sometimes there is that element, for sure. There really is. That's a real thing to, in a certain sense. <laughs> in a very interesting sense, I guess. Um, so these people put luck in their favor by doing things that would give them more opportunities to have good luck. And so, yes, they were luckier. Yes, they, that person happened to click on their ad. Yes, that person happened to pick up the phone. What good luck. Well, guess what? They've been doing it day in and day out for weeks now. It's hard to not have success when you're that focused doing the things that you know need to be done. Versus the other person that did it for a day or two or maybe they kind of looked at it and didn't even actually try it because they just knew it wouldn't work in their market. Ah, bad luck. We just, you know, it just doesn't work in our area. Okay, great. Well, same thing with flow, friends. When you are in the flow and you're focused on flow and you're focused on whatever it is you want in life, if you're focused on it and you're going after it and you are intentional about it, then the people start to show up almost magically. The connections. Oh, my gosh, you know so-and-so? I've been trying to get in touch with so-and-so for years. Yeah, you know what? So-and-so is a good friend of mine. Here, let me put you in contact. Or actually, you know, yeah, you know, his secretary, and uh, we go way back, and uh, she could get you in um, no problem at all. It's like, wow, what, what a miracle. What a coincidence. How is synchronicity, serendipity for this, right? The, the right person at the right time at the right place just all seemed to come together, and you couldn't have planned it that way. Some greater force or wisdom or knowledge had to have constructed this situation. All these elements fell into place. Oh my gosh, how could that possibly have happened? Well, at some level, there is maybe a higher thought process going on. Maybe it's outside of our small self's ability to reason it and figure it out or comprehend it, right? Winston, me here as me, as my identity, as my self, I can only think of so many things. I can only, you know, comprehend things that are, you know, within certain parameters of my awareness and my experience, and uh, and that's about it. And that's kind of probably it for most of us, right? Like you're you, you do these things that you do, and uh, you've had your experiences and past uh, experiences that you've built belief systems around, and these core belief systems uh, radiate out into how you react to certain situations and the way you react then in turn influences the things that you've uh, been acting or reacting with or and against. And those things then, of course, go out and it you know, becomes this kind of feedback system and we all interact in that way. And so getting into the flow of it at some level is removing that little block that stops the flow. And that little block may very well be you or me. For me, it's me. For you, it's you. To the extent that we cling to these identities, we may be inhibiting our greater sense of self, our greater connection to that greater thing that is in alignment and is the self-solving Rubik's Cube of the universe that 
can uh, see and connect and make these events happen. And to the extent that we cling to the small version of ourselves, hey, me, I'm Winston, I'm here, I'm just driving in my car, and I, you know, nothing I say or do matters because I'm just one little speck uh, of an ant in all these ants on the freeway right now, and none of us, nothing I say or do matters. And that's a very disempowering belief, right? And I used to hold that belief a lot when I was younger, so I know it well. And I also know now that I, com I completely disagree with it, right? Even somebody driving in their car, talking into a little voice recorder day in and day out, on the one hand, it could seem so lonely, <laughs> no. um, hopeless or pointless maybe. You know, what? why do I do this? Why do I do this, right? Where's the value? What do, what do I get out of this? Nobody's paying me. I'm not getting financial gain. Nobody is, um, for the most part, nobody's like, hey, Winston, that's great. Hey, great podcast. You know, I do get that every once in a while, and that's always super awesome. Um, and it's still not necessarily exactly why I do it, but kind of why I do it, right? I want you to feel like, like you're getting value out of this, and it's improving your life in some meaningful way, right? That is why I do it. And I believe, truly, that... I am able to do that with this media, with this method. And that's why I keep doing it. That's what drives me. And I feel, like I said, very driven to do it. And uh, again, it's not some tangible thing. Nobody's telling me, hey, you got to get on this. Although, actually, I got to take that back because now that I think about it, I do have that now in my life. I do have people in my life that are holding me accountable to this now. Very interesting. See, I didn't even remember. I did start podcasting a couple weeks ago with um, a new setup. I had this new microphone. I was using my laptop. I have a boom stand in my car so I could do this while I'm driving. It looks super ridiculous. Total pain in the butt to set up, by the way. But, you know, it's important. Something I feel that's important for me to do this, right? So I was doing it. I worked into my schedule, into my routine. I leave a little bit earlier so I could get it all set up and running. And then we're doing a book club at work. And in this book, we're reading a book. I don't remember what the first one's called, but it's kind of a book that we're reading before a book that's called From Good to Great. And it's all about companies and the ones that are able to go from being a good company to being a great company. Right in this first book, whatever it's called, is um, he talks about a hundred days straight of doing something like starting some new habit. And I've talked about this a lot, especially in the last bunch of podcast episodes. Habit it just keeps coming up and up and up and up habitually because it is such a such a interesting thing. It really is a deep thing. Habits. Um, they, and it ties right into this conversation again today, the habit of looking for flow, looking for for coincidences, looking for those, oh, wow, that's, oh, what a small world, you're here, or, oh, what, I was just thinking about that, now I saw a sticker on that car about that. You know, those kind of things, when you tune into them, they happen more and more, right? And it's the same thing as if, like, my wife just got a new car, because, uh, as you may recall, she kind of rear-ended the other day. And so now all of a sudden I see that car all over the darn place, right? And I see other cars that look similar, and I'm like, man, all these cars look just like her car. Well, they were there before, weren't they? Most likely. And yet I only now am starting to tune into them because 
it has been brought into my awareness. And the same thing can happen with anything, right? You want more wealth, uh, uh, abundance, more wealth. Awareness is what you're going to have to start with, right? Who's got wealth? Who, where does wealth hide out? Where is it? How is it built? What kind of structures, financial structures are in place to house wealth or to facilitate wealth building, right? These are the kind of conversations that unless you're tuned into it or paying attention, you're not even going to know they exist probably. So with flow, it's the same kind of thing. How can you find a way if if you want more flow in your life, more magic, dare I say, right? More things just falling into place almost magically, more of those things where it's like, wow, that worked out or wow, that just came out of thin air. How how America, how America, how amazing. Well, America's amazing. I'm a fan. Um, how amazing and or awesome is that? Oh, goodness. Sorry, friends. There's a little bit of an accident going on here. Um, how amazing is that, right? To be able to tap into something bigger that that we as individuals, if we're just paying attention to the individual self or locked into the ego or into the mind, that we might miss these things. And it's because we're not giving in. You know, a lot of people say, like, going like God. And I think this is one of those kind of things, right? Um, I'm not going to try to define God in any way, shape, or form or say even that it, there is or isn't one or many. Just saying that if you are, if you can, if you buy into that kind of thought of, hey, there's something bigger than me, whatever it is, and I can let go of my small grasp of it, the ego self, into that bigger self, then that could be a very powerful thing. I would then potentially be guided by this bigger thing. Now, if I don't have the same perspective as this bigger, wiser uh, entity or um, knowledge, then I might feel that I have less control, right? Because I'm not controlling it anymore. It's outside of my control. I'm giving it up to a higher power. And that is where the faith comes in. I've talked about faith before too. And that leap of faith in a sense, right? Well, it's outside my control. Um, you know, for those of us that are more ego-driven or more um, type A maybe, where we're, we have a strong will and we're going to make something happen, there's obviously, you know, that really works. Even Mark Cuban, the, the example I gave earlier, you can tell that guy's, you know, he's driven, right? He has his eyes on the prize. He goes after, he makes it happen, and he's going to uh, go full force if he needs to, right? So obviously, he's got a strong identity. He's a strong personality, and he has used that, I would say, successfully to help him achieve the goals that he is after. And so how does that work with what, framework I'm talking about with flow. Well, at the same time, um, he does talk about luck. He talks about the, you know, he, he says, I'm the luckiest guy in the world. Okay, well, what is luck? Luck is maybe the part that he can't fully control. It's that just waiting for the right time and that right opportunity to come along. And so for some of us, it's like, yeah, that's luck. Hey, luck comes around. For some of us, it's like, no, that's the flow. That's the moment you jump on and ride the wave. You see it coming and you just go with the flow. You could fight it, but then, you know, why why fight it? It's bigger and stronger than us. And in, in retrospect, it's like, well, obviously that was the right choice to jump in and buy that stock at that moment. But, you know, in the moment, you can't, you don't have that perspective. In that moment, it seems crazy or scary or unrealistic or like everybody else is doing the exact opposite. Why should I do that? And then you think back to maybe... uh 
someone like I think it was Warren Buffett maybe or John Jim Rohn, I don't quite recall, who said, if you're not sure what to do, look at what everybody else is doing and do the opposite. Well, that's a scary thing to do, right? A lot of us look around at what everybody else is doing and try to do the same or try to catch up. Oh, they're already doing this and man, they're having success and that's where the money's at, so I'm going to do that too. And then by the time you catch up, they're already on to the next thing. It's like, oh shoot, I'm too late to the party. I got to go do this other thing. That's where everybody's making rich. Hey, come on, let's go buy this thing and you know, invest in this system or that system and jump into this market and crypto this and that. And like, and not to cut down crypto and throw that in the mix, but but it's just kind. Of, it, it is one of those things, right? There's a lot of early adapters. It's like with any anything, right? There's the people who are really super early on the trend. There's the people who are a little bit later. The people who are kind of in the middle. The people who are behind the middle, and then the people at the very end trailing behind that never get with the program, right? And uh, depending on the longevity and the success of that trend then maybe it was awesome for you to be early or maybe it was horrible for you to be early, right? The the pioneers, the gun, guys and gals that go first, uh, get shot in the back. So, you know, there's there's all these different factors. And getting into flow for me and from my limited perspective here in this moment now is about being able to at some level consciously shut up the ego, turn it off, quiet it down enough to be able to let go and let whatever you call it go with the flow, to be in that bigger body of movement. And I like to think of the freeway as a great example, right? We're going on the freeway. I'm in my car. You're in your car. Maybe you're on public transportation. Maybe you're on a bike. Maybe you're in a village where you don't even have cars. I don't know. But even like we're in those towns where there's all the bicyclists, you know, there's the individual self-awareness. And then there's the part where we often, you know, especially again with driving, where we tune out or, um, you know, we zone out, I say is maybe a better word, right? You zoned out, you're not really paying attention, your body and uh, autopilot mind already know how to get to your destination, so you don't have to spend too much conscious energy to drive, it's all on autopilot, you don't have to think about where to make turns, that's all muscle memory and autopilot, and so you're just kind of going with the flow of traffic, right? And uh, people want to move into your lane, you kind of sense it sometimes, even if they don't use their darn blinker. And you just know, ah, I knew that person was going to move into my lane. How'd you know? I don't know. I just sensed it. Or maybe they start kind of just there unconsciously kind of swerving into your lane. And we pick up on these things, whether we're aware of it or not. And if we're moving in these big groups of people, like with uh, the kind of traffic we have here, it's like that's, it's kind of like a school of fish. A flock of seagulls, a murder of ravens, right? It's these these group these groups of individuals that think at a higher level because they're a group, right? It's like a mastermind in a sense. And the mastermind is when, you know, two or more minds come together for a singular cause or the same cause and those minds between those two minds becomes a third mind, the mastermind. And there's even a quote somewhere in the Bible around, um, and I'm totally going to butcher this, but uh, some of you know what I'm talking about, where it's like Jesus or somebody says, like, hey, and if you talk, if there's two or more of you together in my name, then I too am there. Well, what does that mean? You know, like, how does that, how, what does that really mean? Does it mean he's literally there? Does it mean, like, the spirit of him is there? Does it mean that, like, he's already within us or we are him or we are it? And uh, a lot of different ways we could go with that, but that's kind of what I wanted to get you thinking about today is, um, you know, how do you 
how can you tap into that bigger flow and uh, community? And maybe it's playing sports with a team where you're a dialed-in team and everybody's working as one unit, right? Team sports people are, um, I think, probably already naturally good at that sort of thing. And uh, that's it for today. So um, big concept again, just getting into flow, flow at social flow level, social at uh, community flow, and being able to tap into the awareness of your community and or the people on the road with you by just getting uh, more aware of how you self-identify and how those self-identifications may be hindering you from that greater experience of self and uh, your true self, the bigger awareness, the higher level awareness that can guide you to meet that person or experience that thing, get that thing that you want with ways that you don't even know how it's going to happen. It's going to be almost magical. It's going to be coincidental or, uh, you know, because of some amazing serendipity. And that's kind of the big idea, friends. So until next time, be flowing. Well, thanks for listening, friend. By the way, do you have a story that you would like to share with other flowers? Maybe you'd like to put it in a book. Well, go to findyourflow.com forward slash author club and learn how you can publish your own book or become a published author in the Find Your Flow book series. Simply go to findyourflow.com forward slash author club, all one word, and be sure to join the free Facebook group while you're at it. Thanks, friend. And until next time, be flowing.